Good morning everyone, it's Shay Cormack speaking, your Friday night DM. It's uh, early in the morning here in New Zealand, about 5.30 in the morning. Each day I get up very early and try and uh, walk off some of the extra kgs that are sitting on my belly. And uh, I welcome you to join me this morning on my walk while I rant. Uh, I have successfully put my some of my tables up on the internet uh, where they can be accessed. I've started a blog and so if you want to find uh, my blog and the tables and the other resources I'm going to start making available, go to fridaynightdnd.home.blog. So that's fridaynightdnd.home.blog and you'll find the resources that go along with this um, podcast. This morning I wanted to talk to you a little bit about one of the important aesthetics of a hex crawl and of old school role playing games in general. And that aesthetic is lethality. I think it's really um, fun and important to have a high level of lethality and danger in the world uh, for your players to move through and navigate and uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Especially in 5th edition, characters get extremely powerful extremely quickly. And uh, after, say, 4th or 5th level, um, it's very, very difficult to create situations that it's actually going to cause characters to die. You may occasionally be able to get them to fall on the ground unconscious and and start having to make death-saving throws. But if you've got a party of 4 or 5 there's a good chance at least someone's got healing word or some other um, healing spell which is almost going to cost them no resources to bring that player up off the ground and back into the fight. So the chances of um, any encounter actually being dangerous for the party is so low that it almost makes uh, any kind of combat, to my mind, almost pointless because it's a foregone conclusion that unless you've done something ridiculous um, with the power differential between the enemies that they're fighting and the, and the uh, power of your characters, there's almost no way anyone's going to be se- severely injured in a fight. And when a fight can take 30, 40 minutes um, of playtime at your table, you want it to be meaningful, you want it to have stakes, and without those stakes, why do it? So that's one good reason. Um, the other is, dying can be fun. Now that's anthema uh, to some players who get extremely attached to their characters and they have a hissy crit and go a hissy fit and go off into the corner and cry if their character dies and they, they move into a moody period and uh, they may even possibly completely quit the group or quit the campaign or blame the dungeon master for being evil and nasty to them. But... Uh, If everyone can accept the fact that it's going to be lethal and characters are going to be dying, dying can be a wonderful part of the game. Uh, Dying is a a great chance for your character to say some amazing final words or the response of the party to your death can be extremely moving if they all really give a crap about your character. And uh, this plays in also to something I mentioned in the previous episode about people bringing characters they're a little bit of a blank slate um, to the game. If your character has a two or three page 
handwritten backstory you've invested so much time into just who that character is if they die in the first session you are going to be a little bit cut up but if you've just turned up with a real basic character uh, they're just a, a set of stats and a little bit of an idea in your mind of who they are and you're just waiting to play the game and su- see who they develop into then you're not going to be overly heavily emotionally invested in your character and it's not going to be the worst thing in the world when they die and uh, starting off your campaign uh, with this lethality you know maybe the first one or two times uh, someone dies in the party it's going to be a little bit of a shock to people and maybe you all have a little bit of hurt feelings but it doesn't take long before everyone realizes this is just a normal part of the game it can actually be an exciting part of the game it brings a, a sense of danger and thrill uh, to all the combats and everything they do because there's there's stakes there's a chance you're going to lose your character Um, there's even a chance for a TPK and even that isn't the worst thing in the world I think one of the other great advantages of having quite a lethal campaign um, is that people get to try a whole lot of characters instead of building one character with a class and a race and playing them for a year and a half uh, if you die after two months you can make a new character and try out a, a new race and a new class and have more variety in your play so I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of reasons why having a highly lethal uh, game can be a lot of fun. It certainly seems to be um, an aspect of old school D&D uh, that player characters were very flimsy and able to die uh, very easily. It's something they've rectified in D&D. Well, you might say they've fixed it in D&D 5th edition and made characters a lot more durable and unlikely to die, but it may not actually have been a fix. Uh, underlying that you've lost you've lost the ability to be a hit the hero have you ever watched a long-running um, TV series where the main character always triumphs over every every problem in fact he's probably got a cohort of friends a bit of a team and they seem to beat every single problem that they face after a while that gets really boring you know what they do in a TV series like that they kill someone off and suddenly the stakes are a lot higher, everyone's a bit sad that their friend died, there's now a sense that, ooh, maybe the next time they face uh, some kind of challenge or problem or enemy, maybe they won't succeed. Who knows? And it's that uncertainty, that sense that the heroes aren't necessarily overwhelmingly powerful and can just uh, stomp all over every challenge you put in front of them, that makes heroes, um, I'm not sure of the word, you like a hero like that. No one is really that interested in a superhero. And this happened to Superman back in the day uh, in the comic books. He grew so powerful over time in the comic books, gaining new powers and new powers on top of new powers, that he was undefeatable. There was no enemy you could put in front of him that would challenge him. And people weren't interested in reading um, Superman comics anymore because what's the point? So they had to reintroduce some weaknesses to Superman to make him more relatable, make him a little bit more human, make him a lot more interesting. So they brought in some weaknesses for him. So he's got kryptonite um, that can reduce his power. He's got a reliance on sunlight that gives him some kind of vulnerability. So it's that vulnerability and weakness in a hero that's much more important um, for their interest value, for their um, for the, the sense of 
feeling for them, enjoying them, loving them. It's their weaknesses that are much more important than how many D6s they get to roll uh, when they hit something with their big stick. So I really encourage you to think about making a lethal campaign. This is going to play out in a few ways. When you're populating your tables um, of wandering monsters, think about having some monsters on the... uh, on the higher end of the roll, or you know, the least likely monsters they're going to count, encounter be monsters that could p- possibly wipe out the party. Um, and think about creating other challenges um, inside the game and the environments and the terrain and the various hazard tables or lost in the region tables that are significant problems for the players and may actually kill them. For example, uh, in my game, Icebound. We've got the weather table. Now, if the players are out and about um, in the wilderness and a blizzard starts, if that blizzard keeps going for two or three days and they don't find shelter, they can die just from the weather. Now, that's a threat, um, and it keeps them on their toes. So take that away with you and think about that as we start talking in the next episode about building our tables. And I just want to remind you once more that if you go to my blog, you can access the tables we're going to be talking about. So if you want to, you can uh, be looking at those tables or print them out while you listen to the next episode. So you can kind of follow along uh, with those tables and get really good understanding of them. So just a reminder, that's at fridaynightdnd.home.blog. And uh, also I want to give another shout out uh, to my man J- Jason Hobbs, do a search on the internet for Hex Talk. He's uh, got a website that goes along with his podcast. The podcast is amazing, and you should listen to it. He's got a couple of other uh, people on on that podcast with him. I'm really sorry to them. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but they have taken some of the tables they talk about and put them on their website, the Hex Talk web- website. And uh, I think if you search Audio Dungeon Hex Talk, you're going to find that. And those tables are invaluable, and they really were the springboard to me uh, creating the tables I'm going to talk about um, in the next episode. In fact, I think basically I took their tables and copied them wholesale, as well as one other resource that might be worth looking at before you uh, listen to the next episode. Dungeons & Dragons BX um, is available on Drive-Thru RPG. In fact, there's one version in particular, um, BX Essentials. I believe if you look that up, you can find a free PDF of the source material. And if you go into that source material, you're going to be able to go to the chapter in BX that's uh, around wilderness travel and have a little bit of a look of what they were doing back in the day uh, to deal with wilderness travel. It's very interesting and can inform your decisions as you create a hex crawl for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Have fun. Keep coming back. Cheers, guys.